It's that time of year again when I get to tell you about the Banner of Truth. The objective of the Banner of Truth is the promotion, advancement, and dissemination of better knowledge and understanding of the history and the doctrines of the true biblical Christian faith. We seek to inform, encourage, strengthen, and equip ordinary Christians and have a particular concern for ministers and pastors and those training for the ministry. We believe in biblical Christianity, and if we have to be labeled, we would be thought of as a reformed, Calvinistic, conservative, evangelical publisher. We seek to focus in our activities on the major and fundamental truths of biblical Christianity rather than on those truths which may be regarded as secondary, although not unimportant, such as church polity. We trace our theological heritage from the apostles through the early church to the Reformation to the Puritans such as John Owen, Richard Sibbs, and Thomas Brooks, and the 18th century heritage of George Whitfield and Jonathan Edwards, and then on to the likes of Spurgeon, Ryle, Alexander, and Hodge in the 19th century, and Warfield, Murray, Hendrickson, and Lloyd-Jones of the 20th century. We publish books that were written from the time of the Reformation right through modern day. And through the whole month of September, you can use the code SHEPHERDSCROOK at checkout and get 10% off. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor. Come alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Hey guys, welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. I'm going to tell you about my bear hunt. It was a lot of fun, and I want you to hear about it. I got a fresh cup of coffee, and I'm ready to go. Let's go ahead and pray. Lord, we need wisdom and direction, as always. Help us. God, I pray that this be enjoyable to listen to. God, I pray that you would, uh, well, just thank you for fun things to do. I thank you that life is a life of joy. We do have seasons of lament, but we do have a life of joy that you've given us. We thank you for that. Thank you that you've commissioned us to take dominion on this earth <clears throat> over the animals that you've given us. And God, I thank you that I got to hunt a bear, and now I'm getting to eat a bear. God, I, I just pray you'd help me as I talk through this and remember last week in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys, had a great opportunity last week. It's been two years in the making. been planning this thing for two years now. And I tell you what, it went about as perfect as it could go. So I've got a friend of mine up in Minnesota. His name's Kevin Lovegreen. Now, Kevin, you may remember, has been on the show before because he writes children's hunting and fishing books. And so... I saw an Instagram ad a couple years ago, reached out to Kevin, and then we just kind of hit it off, just talking here and there, and I said, well, why don't you come on the show? And he came on the show, and we just talked about hunting and fishing, and one of the reasons I, I enjoy talking to him is because he's doing really good work recruiting people into the woods, recruiting people into the wild, and that's a good thing. We need more and more young children, young boys and girls who are going outside rather than staying inside and just playing video games and getting fat. And we need that for pastors as well. We need a challenge. We need encourage to get out and do something. Because so often with work, after, you know, even if you're bivocational, trivocational, whatever it may be, we just want to rest or just kind of just sit down and, and eat and watch a show or get on YouTube or something like that. And there's so much good work to do and there's so many good things to do as far as just recreation and life. And so you, you may know this, guys, you've been listening for a while now. When I was 35, I started hunting. So I'm only just a couple years in to the hunting life. And when I started hunting, it was like a whole new world opened up to me. And I was really thinking over and over again, where's this been all my life? I mean, how have I missed this? Because it's such an amazing experience. And I want to encourage you to think through that. How could you get out there and start hunting? Start with squirrel. That's one of the easiest ways. Or find somebody in your church that hunts and ask them, will you show me the ropes? You know, I, I now bow hunt and I hunt with a, with a shotgun as well because Illinois gun regulations during um 
hunting season for whitetail, you have to hunt with a shotgun. So I've got a shotgun with a scope on it and like a deer barrel. It's like a rifle barrel. Basically, it's a shotgun with a rifle barrel on it, so you've got accuracy. And I've just been loving the hunting life. So when I got to talking to Kevin, one of the things I wanted to ask him, because I know that he's had so much hunting experience, is, hey, I need a low barrier of entry to a bear hunt. Because if you look online and you want to Kind of, if you want to book a bear hunt or even an elk hunt, moose hunt, anything like that, you're talking about big bucks because you've got to pay a guide, and it's just a lot of money to do something like that. You just can't go on on public ground and just go hunt a bear. I mean, you've got to there's there's steps to jump through, and so Kevin graciously said, "Well, why don't you just come up here?" And I was excited, and I said, "Sure, you bet, absolutely." And that was two years ago. I was wanting to go last year, but Jordan was seven months pregnant, and it just wasn't the right time. So I had to postpone a year, and he was gracious enough to say, yeah, yeah, come on back up. So in Minnesota, bears are everywhere. And so one of the reasons, and some people were really upset with me on Instagram about this, um, but one of the reasons, you know, there's there's so many tags available in, in the area that I actually hunted in is what was called a no-quota area. You didn't even have to, like, do a lottery or anything like that. It was just a over-the-counter. I mean, you can just go get these tags because there's so many bear. And... My friend had a lot of acreage, and on his land, there was probably, I mean, at least 20 to 30 bears. I mean, there were hundreds of deer, but there were also a lot of bear. So these bears have to be regulated. The species, for the overall health of the species, you have to hunt. You just have to. I mean, that's just a part of it's part of good conservation. It's keeping good and healthy populations of bear in a particular area. And so you get so many tags, and conservationists work with state officials, and they talk about how many tags per county and that kind of thing get handed out. And so I get this tag. It's 231 bucks, and I go up there and, and get boots on the ground. And we drive up to this cabin and land, and oh my gosh, it was beautiful. He's done such a great job. Him and his brother done such a great job of taking care of what God's given them. And they've developed this property, and it just looks beautiful. It's just an incredible property. I get out there day one. I drive all day last Wednesday, and I get to sit in a chair day one, opening night. And what they do up there is they hunt over bait barrels. Now, baiting, some people think is controversial. shouldn't be. When you do anything for hunting, you're trying to think of an advantage to keep a fair hunt. But you're also thinking about things like, you know, okay, it's, it's very difficult to get an animal already. So you're thinking about ways that you can harvest this animal and you want to harvest this animal in a way that's ethical. And by the way, a kill in the woods, in the wild is so much better than death in the wild. The way that the animal dies in the wild is really a brutal death. If you just look at animal pain, animal pain is pretty brutal in the wild. My friend Riley was telling me about their uh, huge ranch where they have a bunch of cattle. And one of the things that happens out there is often when a cow is having a baby uh, baby calf, the coyotes will come. They will eat the calf as it's being born. As it's being born, they will eat the calf and the mama as that baby is being born. Death in the wild is very brutal. So when you're talking about hunting and a quick kill, that is a way more ethical and better way to die for that animal than being raised on like some, some like meat farm or something like that. This animal has lived two years in the wild or however many years in the wild, and then it has a quick death that isn't you know a brutal, excruciating death. And so they do these base stations, and they, they feed these animals, and the idea is that you'll give them some food, and they'll come around, and they'll kind of stay around that property when hunting season comes around. Now, when I was sitting in the chair, the bear had stopped hitting this bait. So for two days, I sat over this bait station and saw nothing. Heard nothing, saw nothing. 
I still had a great time, but I was away from my family. So, you know, I'm thinking I I'm going to do whatever it takes to get this bear. If I just have to sit here, I mean, all day long, I'll do it, whatever it takes. And so then the next night, you know, we're that night we go in, this is night two and we go in and I'm kind of thinking, I don't know if I'm going to get a bear here. I was expecting to get one within day one or two and I'm hunting with, with three other guys. So there's four of us that have tags. We have four tags and we're, we're going all over his property trying to find these bear. And, you know, each guy has their spot that they've they've been sitting and none of us are seeing anything. One guy, uh, Greg, had saw uh, a bear that I ended up getting, and he passed on it because he wanted a bigger bear. I think the one I shot was a two-year-old. It wasn't, you know, huge by any stretch of the imagination. The, the picture does it more than justice. So if you see the picture, I mean, in the show notes, you see the picture there. But uh, it wasn't, I think it was like 170, 175 pounds, something like that. And uh, so anyways, that next morning, I wake up, and I'm thinking I'm going to go to this new stand, the stand where Greg saw this bear, and I wake up and Kevin said, hey, we're going we're gonna to try a new strategy. And he went down and as we pulled down and he was going to drop me off at my stand, we see the bear because we see this lane uh, and he's had all these like roads mowed down and bush hogged down in his property. And so you look down this way and you look to the bait station and there is a bear right there. And he saw us, heard us and takes off. And I'm thinking, oh no, you know, this is my chance. And he was running too fast to be able to get a shot off. And so he runs in the woods and, and here I am. Now I'm climbing up in the stand and it's raining. So hunters out there, you know what I'm talking about. You know, you've experienced this before. You're sitting in the stand, it's raining and you know, you're still enjoying it, but I didn't have rain gear or anything. Fortunately, I had this real thick tree canopy over me that was keeping the rain off. And so I'm sitting there and Kevin goes off, drives off and I'm sitting there for a couple hours just waiting and praying. And you know, when you're hunting or fishing, you know, your prayer life goes through the roof because you're just enjoying your time, but you're also just praying because you're thanking God for where you're at and just talking to the Lord, you know? And so I'm praying. And at that time, this is day three, it's on Friday and I'm getting ready to go. I mean, I'm missing my family. It's been three days. I hadn't been that, you know, away from my family like that for a you know long time since uh, 20, I don't know, a couple of years, but since Providence is born, not at all. So I'm just talking with the Lord, and I'm saying, you know, God, I'm just ready. Would you just go ahead and send a bear? I'm just ready to be done. Just believing, just trusting you in faith that you're going to just send a bear along, you know, and just praying. Well, I look up, and I kid you not, just a millisecond after that prayer, I look up, and out comes this bear. And he comes walking out, moseying out of the woods, into that shooting lane, and right to that bait station. And he turns, and he's kind of like a half quarter to me. And I'm looking at him and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this is it. And you know how, I mean, everything either, I mean, it just slows, everything slows down. And you, you pull your gun up and everything's quiet. And you pull your gun up and you get right in the crosshairs. And I look at him and I don't hesitate. I pull the trigger. And there he is. Hit him. And then he runs off to the woods. He runs off to the left. He doesn't do this big jump. He doesn't make any noise. He just runs off into the woods. And I'm sitting there and typically you want to wait 30, 45 minutes at least. But I got down after like a minute and I was so excited. I had my sidearm with me, which was only a nine millimeter. I was told I needed like a 45 or something. I had my nine mil with self-defense ammo in there. But I get down and I realize I need to walk back. So I'm walking back to the cabin and the whole time my heart's racing. I'm excited. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this actually happened. God, I got one. I, I, now I'm thinking through the process, you know, what I got to do? Do I got to bring it in to the taxidermist? How, how am I going to get the meat? And we had this plan in place, but still it was in my mind. It wasn't fully worked out. So I get back to the cabin and I'm thinking, <clears throat> like every hunter thinks after they pull the trigger or they shoot the arrow, was it a good shot? And did I hit him in the right way? I know I hit him, but was it... In the vital area, is he dead? 
Is he out there still? So we wait for like an hour. We're sitting up at the cabin. We're all talking. You know, it's fist pounds and high fives. And like, yes, I can't believe it. I got one. And, you know, it's just an iconic hunting trip. I mean, it was just an amazing time. So we're, we're there. And we eat breakfast, just great breakfast. Then we go down, we get in the side-by-side, and we go down, we drive down, and we find blood. And then we start walking in the woods. You know, we all have our firearms up because apparently the adrenaline rush of a wounded animal, a wounded bear, even a bear that's somewhat smaller, can get up and it can kill you quickly. I mean, the, the, the power of these animals is just, it's just remarkable how powerful these animals are. So we go into the woods, and we're walking real quietly and talking real quietly, and it's me and Kevin and Brandon, and we're looking, and, and sure enough, about 30 yards away, there's the bear. That's the bear I shot. And so we walk out there, I get some pictures, I just get down and, and I pet this animal and I feel this animal and I'm just so thankful. God, thank you. You gave me it gave me this opportunity to harvest this bear and now I get to take back and eat this bear and bring it back to my family. And then we pulled it out of the woods and pulling a dead animal out of the woods is a, just a task. I mean, this animal, it felt, you know, it feels like it's like a thousand pounds. I pull that thing out. We put it on the cart. We bring it back up. We gut it. We get the pictures. And then we end up taking it to the taxidermist. So I'm going to get a, a bear skin made out of it. And then we were able to cut it up, quarter it, and get the meat. Now, I went out that night again, actually, and was able to hunt again that, uh, again that night because the, the, apparently there's party hunting there. And I was able to, to sit out and stand again that night and almost got another bear because I saw two more bear that night. It was just an amazing final hunt as well because I saw one at like 4 o'clock at night and then I saw one again at about 8.15 at night. And that it was just an awesome hunt. But then you have to walk back to the side-by-side, walking back right where you know the bear just was. And you're like, is this thing looking me and just staring me down and, and wanting to you know kill me now? But anyways... I sleep that night and I get to come home and I just get to reflect on all that that trip was. I'm just so thankful because over the years you get relationships and you build relationships with people and God gives you opportunities, even if it's a once in a lifetime or I'm hoping this is going to be three times in a lifetime because the idea with this and really the reason I went up there was one, I wanted to do this because it's just fun. I love to hunt, but I wanted to build this relationship with Kevin because I want to hopefully one day bring my sons back and I want a rite of passage for my boys. We talked about this last week as we're working through this rite of passage series one of the things that I want to do for them as they, they learn to provide is provide them with this experience where they can go up and kill a bear, where this is a rite of passage, to be a sparks man, to be a man, a man of God. You've got to be able to provide. And then to cap off that rite of passage with a trip like this would just be a phenomenal experience. And so we get back and I get this bear cut up and we have these bear steaks and it's an amazing time. They're just so good. They taste like, it was just like a beef steak. I mean, they're tenderloins literally tasted like beefsteak. I, I loved it. It's better than venison. Then we cut up some roasts, and then I made some breakfast sausage. I'm hoping to cook up some of that breakfast sausage today, actually. And overall, it was just an amazing, amazing experience. Now, you, you're hearing me say this, and you may be listening, Pastor, and you don't have anything like this. You're not a hunter. You might even be living in the city. Here's what I want you to think through. You know, a good barrier to entry, I, I mentioned that earlier, was, was squirrel hunting. I, I would encourage you to watch the hunting public. I, I started thinking about hunting through my friend Terry at church who asked me to come out. And then I started watching this show called The Hunting Public and then a bunch of buddies from church started watching it. And it just is such a great show. It pulls you in and you really just love it. These guys are whitetail hunters and they hunt on public land. Young guys, but they've got a really good, I mean, they're just, they're really good. They've got a really good show and it just, and it's just awesome. But the reason I love hunting so much is it gets you connected with creation and it just puts you out there where you're just thanking God and you're spending time with him as you're thinking about providing for your family. And as you shoot this animal, as you harvest this, this animal, your love for that species and your love for provision, what God has built you for, will grow. 
getting connected to the food you eat and to be able to do what God has called men to do down through the ages and to be out in the woods and to harvest an animal. There are a few things like it. It's pretty amazing. So, so that's it, guys. That was the hunt. That was the bear hunt of 2021. I don't know if I, the next time I go up there, I probably won't have a tag. I only Ransom will and then Valor will. But overall, it was an amazing experience. Would love to hear your hunting stories. Please like, share, uh, you know, subscribe, leave a rating or review on iTunes. Thanks so much, guys, for coming back. I'm going to keep putting content out this out there like this. I know for, for pastors, this is going to be a little bit unique. But guys, get out there in the woods. Hike. Do something outdoors. Get out of your house. Get your family involved in something like this. And I think you'll have moments like me. Where's this been my whole life? Guys, I hope you have a great rest of your week.